Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 283 of the Spoiler Alert podcast brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike. And tonight on this landmark 283rd episode, we're going to be discussing the new Pixar film Onward, which you can find on Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, iTunes, or just about anywhere other than a movie theater. (laughs) Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Danny. I haven't seen a single human soul in three weeks. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. You know, I, uh, I'm a runner as you are, and I've continued to run practicing social distancing. No big deal. But I, I get out of the house fairly regularly. I mean, at least like to, to run on the road and, and, you know, bike paths and stuff. But I do know people who have literally not left their house in three weeks. Wow. That's like, not at all. Like not stepped outside, not stepped out to get like the paper. Um, it's, the New York times is just piling up on the doorstep. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Pe- neighbors are concerned. They're <laughs> keep calling the cops and the cops like show up to pick up the body and <laughs> right. go away. Cause like my friend just waves from the window and shoes him away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. All right. So here we are. This is a, a new Pixar film. It, it debuted in theaters, I think March 8th. So it was, you know, had one weekend, maybe two at the box office before box offices were closed and theaters were closed. Right. Uh, but it sort of did this the right way. And I say that with air quotes, meaning, um, you know, this is a, a new film. It did debut in theaters and theater owners understand that, of course, Disney and Pixar weren't going to make a lot of money given that the theaters were closed. So they sort of don't begrudge them going this video on demand route. Right. Unlike Universal, which has the new Trolls World Tour, which is a sequel to the, the animated film Trolls, which they just overtly skipped theatrical representation. They right. didn't push the release date. They said it's coming out April 10th. It's going to come out April 10th. We're just pushing it to video on demand instead. It'll never see the inside of a theater. Man. And uh, there are some theater owners who were quoted, I think, in The Hollywood Reporter is saying theater owners will remember this. Like they're not going to forget this universal. So – Kind of a bold move. How, do you think that thinking has changed now, three weeks into the quarantine? Where, I, I mean, is it like now it's forgiven if you do that? I have you think to still. Th- this is how, just taboo. How honest to God? How could you still be bitter about that at this point? I mean, every gym is closed. Every restaurant is closed. Every bar is closed. Like it's basically grocery stores and pharmacies that you can still visit like how how could theater owners be bitter about universal doing that i i can't i think their expectation was that universal would kick the can like they did with you know fast and furious is it nine or ten yeah, whatever like 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 if we just wait eight more months then it's okay yeah well, yeah, it, yeah it just yeah it just comes out in august i mean couldn't there be plenty more movies at that time anyway like they can just show fast and furious on Six screens instead of five at that point. Like James Bond can. You'd love that. <laughs> you know. You know. I'm just going to go screen you'd hopping that. for that. So, yes, yeah, yeah. You jump out of one screen right. and go right into another. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you know, it's interesting because Universal was getting such a bum rap, and then just last week Disney announced a reshuffling of their entire schedule, and they moved some movies from 2020 into 2021, and some into 2022. Wow! So big shuffling, except. Artemis Fowl, which is a literary adaptation of a kid's movie, uh, will be premiering on Disney Plus instead. 
And I wonder if theater owners either A, give a pass because it's Disney, B, give a pass because it's going to Disney Plus and not to video on demand. So it's not like Disney's giving the money to iTunes and Amazon and other video on demand purveyors. They're just keeping it all for themselves. Oh, okay. They're not getting – like there's right. no box office. Or C, if they're letting it pass because they've heard like I have that it's already a huge dud and it was never going to be a big hit and probably would have clogged up their screens in the theaters preventing them from showing Fast and Furious on that sixth screen yeah. because of a contract yeah. that they have with Disney. So yeah. like feels like Disney still gets a pass here, but Universal is like – Persona, Persona non grata. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're they're in the doghouse. Yeah. How many times have you watched Onward? Uh, in quarantine, you've got kids. I think three. Three. Okay. Yeah. So I saw it in the theater before it hit oh, the fan. Right. Yeah. And then um, once by myself and once with the kids. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't see it in the theater. We didn't make it out there, but we did buy it on demand like that first day. And that was sort of a a quarantine treat and it felt like we were going to a movie and we kind of treated it as such and the kids had candy and we kind of did a stay at home movie and uh then it came out on disney plus like you have disney plus right yeah i do i do i I, yeah i watched it again um on amazon where i bought the movie but just i don't know i figured everyone would be streaming it on disney plus this weekend so i just rewatched it on my service right okay all right yeah well, why don't you kick us off with a plot recap for the few uh, folks? Should who we keep it tight? I feel like we should keep it tight. Let's keep this. I think just do tight. like a classic Mike, like three minute <laughs> kind of meandering. Give like lots of detail. Like I'm not going to do that. Give so like the real weeds so, of what happens. The main character of the movie is Ian, who is a high schooler, uh, but a mythological creature. Like I, I'm, I was already confused at the beginning of the movie. And it's uh, also centers around his older brother, Barley. They live with their mom and her centaur boyfriend, having lost their father years ago. So clearly this is a a world of mythological creatures. They embark on a journey with a magical staff, which was a gift from mom to the sons uh, bestowed upon them by their late father. And it can resurrect their father magically for one day by casting a spell. The spell is only semi-successful, and they embark on a journey further to find a gem to complete the spell. There is hope for people who like to partake in role-playing games, swords, (laughs) curses, and lots of sibling fighting followed by tons of affection and an ultimate showing of love for your parents. Hmm. And I'd say that's Onward. What did you think of Onward? It's fine. How about you? <laughs> the, for, whenever you give that review, I wish people could see your face. I wish we had a, like a, a video blog so they could just watch you say, eh. fine. <laughs> well, what, um, what did that, you... That, by the way, is still my, might be my favorite review when we reviewed, I think it was Sully, and we both had that expression, <laughs> like... It's, it's fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, I liked Onward. I thought it was, I thought it was cute. I thought it was um, kind of a fun. It, it felt to me very eighties. It felt like almost um, oh, interesting. Not quite like Adventures in Babysitting, but it felt like that kind of movie. Like teenage kids, sort of on a wacky adventure. You know, magic is involved. Sort of a weird sciency. I don't know. I I I I dug it. I do think that there are. 
reasons to kind of keep it kind of on the lesser end of the Pixar spectrum. Like I wasn't as enamored with it as like a WALL-E or an Up or, you know, Toy Story 3 or something like that. Sure. Those films that I, I will I love and will revisit. Um, I think this one was uh, – it was fun. My kids were thoroughly entertained and – I guess I don't know what else I wanted on that Friday night in quarantine. So to me, it checked all the boxes. There was a scene in the first season of The West Wing. I think it's the first season where CJ Craig has to take a tour with like the tour guide of the White House. And he and she has to ask him about like a a guest who had like kind of panicked on a, a recent tour. And he's explaining to CJ how... This woman had kind of freaked out over a painting that had been like rented to be in the White House. And he describes this painter's, this artist's masterpiece or, or whatever it was, as a minor work. And I feel like this was a Pixar minor work. This one would fall to the bottom of the list for me. And that's and, and when I say it was fine, I mean yeah, like, as far as movies go, it's going to be better than a lot of what we see theatrically this year, at the very least. Well, but it, it's it's at the bottom of my list for Pixar. Okay. I mean, I, things that, so I think visually it was stunning. I think, you know, you seemed confused by it. it was the whole concept is that the world used to be filled with magic and these were magical creatures. Right. These were elves and ogres and pixies and fairies and manticores and dragons and then they discovered technology and that was sort of easier than magic and sort of life grew up as ours has. So they're just like a normal mirror society. of our society. Yeah. They just happen to be trolls and elves and, and fix, pixies and fairies. Um, and I thought it, I thought the visuals were really funny. I thought, you know, they drive past the downtown area of New Mushroom Town and all the skyscrapers look like castles on the edges. And so I loved all the like sort of uh, modern life mixed with medieval fantasy and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons type of stories. So I thought it was really cute. Um, the, the family has like a little dragon instead of a dog, but it's totally stupid and he's always underfoot and super <laughs> hyper and he like jumps up. And it was like, well, I mean, that's our dog. And we just, I hate and love my dog. And it was like, that's exactly how my dog is, but in a cute little dragon. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed parts of it. I loved that the, the boyfriend officer Bronco, he was voiced by a guy, a guy named Mel Rodriguez. Did you ever see the show? The last man on earth? I did not. Is that the will Forte show? Yes. Okay. No, it is I did the not bravest, yeah. weirdest, oddest, craziest thing that I think network television ever put on, especially for several seasons. And Mel Rodriguez played a character named Todd Rodriguez, and he is a delight. He is well, the whole show is absolutely worth binge watching. It is fantastic. I don't even know if you can binge it because it's so weird. I think you, you kind of need a break after a few episodes. Uh, but Todd is great, and the moment I heard his voice, I just got happy because nice. he's such a great character, and I just think he's awesome. So. I think this movie had a lot going for it. I, I think that there were plenty of things to be happy about in the movie. And I think that like the, there's a final scene uh, where Barley's hugging his dad and Ian has let him go say goodbye to his dad. And Ian has never really met his dad. That was, that was a, 
a lump in your throat kind of moment of of uh, parental and child love. Uh, I thought that that was really sweet. I and then you know it's moments later followed by uh, you know the the final credit song sung by Brandy Carlisle, which I really loved that song and thought like wow this could hit one of my top five favorite Disney Pixar songs, which which I really enjoyed as well. Yeah, so. I mean, there is a lot to like about it. I, I mean, it is touching, and, and I completely agree with you. The visuals are, once again, Pixar spectacular. It's just not the universe that I want to live in. Like, I, I can buy toys coming to life when you go to sleep, but and I can and I can buy robots in a post-apocalyptic world, but this one was just a little dry. For me, I guess is what I would say. Fantasy isn't your thing. Not my thing. Correct. Yeah. To me, the 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 lack was twofold. One, again, very common theme these days, no villain. There's just no villain. There's just – I mean it's an adventure, but it's been a long time since we had like a good dastardly Disney villain. And right. it's like their whole shtick is – you know, overcoming the villains and it's a whole cavalcade of classic villains and yet you just can't come up with a new one. So that's frustrating. Um, and then the second issue was, you know, Ian seems hellbent on seeing his dad. Barley seems like he's just having a good time being on the adventure and does not seem all that invested in meeting their dad. And then, of course, at the end, you don't get to meet the dad. And so it's like this big dramatic push for this payoff that never comes. They do a bit of a, like a... Uh, uh, a button hook where, you know, Ian sort of looks to Barley as his parental guidance or his support network or like even though he didn't have a dad, he had someone in his corner his whole life. And it's a very sweet moment. But it to me, it just felt like, wow, there's a lot of buildup to a payoff that just does not come. And I feel like the, the film is worse for that. I mean, yeah, I feel like yeah. they should have, you know – the, the story should have cheated somehow and they should have gotten that ex, an extra day with their dad. You know, something where like you'd get that and you could feel happier for Ian and for Barley and for the mom, frankly, just to see her dead husband for it. You know, like, like yeah. there's there's more that could have been done there. And it just felt like, a, nope, he got like two seconds with Barley and that was all she wrote. Yeah. See you forever. Yeah. yeah. And just that to me felt very finite and very closed. Um, and to me, that was the weakest part. But I, I agree. I think if we stack ranked all the Pixar films, I would probably put this near the bottom just because so many of the other ones have that emotional punch the whole way through where right. they have like a true payoff. Yes. And this one sort of promises it the whole time and then just doesn't deliver it. Um, but I, But even without that, I thought the movie was fun. I thought the music was a great mix of like 80s and hair metal and fun rock music with – you know, sort of a fantasy score. Um, I thought a lot of the the visual gags were very, very funny. So I, I think you can do a lot worse than this. I mean, it's no Cars 2. I mean, that's <laughs> got to be the worst Pixar movie, right? right? Yeah, all right. That, that one would fall down there, too. Like, when you say visual gags, like, did you feel like the whole dad weekend at Bernie's thing was just over-the-top, gross, dumb? Like, why? Like... This this is ripping off Indiana Jones. It's ripping off Weekend at Bernie's. Like it's it's too much. Um, yeah, but there were moments where they really made it work for them that I did find I did laugh really hard. You know, and and 
and right down to like then they're going through the gauntlet at the end and they actually need the dad to step on something and since right. he doesn't have a top and can't drown that worked out like they kind of redeemed it with like well you needed it there like it actually wasn't just the sight gag of him with his sunglasses on flopping his head around at people all right but i laughed when those things happened but some of the other visuals i'm thinking of are like you know the the pawn shop person that was like a like a troll or a little goblin or something and the whole manticores restaurant you know does would uh would the lord like his soup in a in a cup or a cauldron and the you know the the claw game in the kid area is like a metal gauntlet glove like from right. a knight's you know a knight's right, armor right, right, right. so i mean those things are just everyone i saw i just sort of laughed like haha i get it you know like to me i really enjoyed all of that um it's just that again that emotional wallop just never really connected at the end the way you really wanted it to i feel like the color palette of the film like especially the outdoor scenes uh, you know in this mythical world reminded me a lot of either tangled or avatar like this movie is sort of felt to me like tangled meets yeah. avatar in a weird way like if tangled and avatar had a baby and then peed on it it would be onward <laughs> right that's what it would be yes hmm. yeah yeah interesting yeah um. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What is up with the fact that there is no villain? Are we just done with Again, villains? We're done. Is, there, is this like are, they, are, they, are these we're, we're parents post millennial? Yes, we we can't, can't have bad we guys. Can't have bad guys anymore. Yes. Yeah, my my children. When I gripe about this, did remind me that Coco has a villain who actually they, murders, who murders his best friend and steals his music. Right, <laughs> right. but so. even that movie, he's barely in it, and you don't realize he's a villain until like the last ten minutes in a flashback scene. Yeah, right. yeah, like yeah. So you don't get like a Captain Hook or a Doctor Fossilier or a Maleficent or a Cruella Deville. That's just, or even Isma, who's got to be one of the best unsung villains out there. That just that's just evil through and through. There's just, I don't know why we can't have that anymore. What's up with the name Colt Bronco? That's a stupid name. That is a stupid name. And what's up with him, like, squeezing his butt into a Bronco? <laughs> like, that was the one, like... And out of a Bronco. Visual like, gag that they never quite explain. Right. Like, how does a horse drive a car? Like it's not like his door was any are, different. Are you, you know, are, like are you a Bronco Colt? Like what? What that that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, yeah, that that was stupid. What's up with with the age difference between Ian and Barley? Is Barley like two years older than Ian? Or tough eight? To, yeah, right. Or or because, twenty. Like it's really tough to tell. About, yeah. Like yeah, I remember when this happened to Dad. Like was he two years old and he remembers all this? Because that's crazy. If he was eight, I guess I can remember. I can imagine it. But then they showed pictures, and he didn't look that much older. Yeah. So I really sort of struggled to like. I don't know what the gap is here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. What's up with just the rules of magic throughout the entire story here? Like they they just seem to jump all over the place. Like all of a sudden you need the staff, then you need to do this, then you need to do that. Like it just it it just kept increasing to further the plot and that was kind of annoying you really don't like fantasy <laughs> so i was fine with all of that especially because each spell seemed to to require its own thing 
And then by the end, the last spell, you needed to sort of be able to do all of that. And then it was clear in that last fight scene that Ian had mastered all those things and had the confidence and had, you know, all those things that sort of built one upon another upon another. So he was he was more effective. Um, I'm going to start I'm going to start Game of Thrones tonight. Do you think I'll like that? Game of Thrones is amazing. (laughs) All right. All right. Fine. Um, What's up with Barley, who's voiced by Chris Pratt? Right. His big regret in life is that his father was in the hospital dying and he wouldn't go in to say goodbye when chris pratt's character in guardians of the galaxy is presented with the opportunity to go see his mother who's in the hospital and who's hooked up to tubes and is dying he won't go in and say goodbye does chris pratt like require all his characters to have a dying parent whom he will not go visit in the hospital and then that becomes his character's defining regret and i.e character trait i haven't finished parks and rec Yet, does that happen in Parks and Rec? <laughs> right, Andy. Andy really uh, has a dying like grandfather. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if in like the next Jurassic World <laughs> we find out that about Chris Pratt's character. Like just he just goes in and rewrites the script like Maya Angelou rewriting Outbreak, and just always writes that for himself and for his character as like a weird sympathetic <laughs> plot point. What's up with that? <laughs> Was that? That big battle at the end of the movie with that, like, rock dragon, was that, like, in a, did that happen in an Avengers movie early on? Was that, like, something in one of the early Avengers movies where they were battling, like, a big stone, like, dinosaur, or, like, I feel like I've seen that before, and I was like, wait, I feel like this is the Avengers to me, but maybe I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. Okay. But the Avengers do fight a lot of crazy stuff. I thought the dragon was really cool. It looked awesome. I love when it shrieked. It made the school bell sound. Yeah. There's a lot to really like about that. It was just sad that that's all we saw. You know, again, I would have gone for a villain trying to prevent this all from happening. Okay. Trying to guard the Phoenix gem the whole way and and foil them. And then in the end conjures a dragon. I don't know. I just feel like, again, big. Big gap there. Uh, Mike, are you ready for five questions? Before we get to five questions, I just have to say one thing. This is the funniest thing that happened to me while podcasting or or planning to podcast. The other day we were rewatching Onward and I said, we have to watch Onward because Danny and I are podcasting this and it's been a long time since we've seen it. And Christian turns to me in the middle of the movie and he goes... Are you getting a lot of good ideas for your podcast? <laughs> Which I thought was hysterical. Touché. And yeah, like, like actually I'm not getting a lot of great ideas for it, but I love that you're worried that I don't have enough ideas for the podcast. That was really cute. Yeah. Like maybe it was the five times we paused it to get you a drink or some more snack. <laughs> right. Or to, <laughs> right. I had to, I had to you make you, your hands I had to make you lunch potty. in the middle. Right. Yeah, you had to take a shower yeah, maybe, earlier. Yeah, Maybe yeah. I would have gotten some more ideas. <laughs> like, if we it's just it's been a little a, distracting. A yes. one hundred minute film uninterrupted. That's <laughs> right, right. But right. we'll never know, will we? <laughs> yeah. Now are you ready for five questions? I'm ready for five questions. Let's do this. Let's five listener-submitted questions. Thank you, listeners. Uh, my question number one, how much did the dad sound like Brian Cranston? I, 
honestly thought that it was initially, but no. Yeah. This is actually a secondary question. Didn't you want it to be Brian Cranston? That would have been that would have been amazing. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been amazing? I don't know why that would have made it more amazing. Well, he's wearing like the pants and shoes that, you know, his character in Breaking Bad would have been wearing, right? Expected to be like a Walt. Yes. Yeah, Walter White sort of outfit. Okay. Question number two. If COVID-19 hadn't stopped all movie going, how do you think this film would have done theatrically? Would this have been a big hit? So it it was another one of my what's up with. Like, I mean, still 87% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. I think it would have made a ton of money. Like, this is, it's a shame, you know, it's a shame that the the movies that came out immediately before the world was shut down are unfortunate. Got it. Yeah. Question number three, you've kind of already answered this one. This person said, where do you rank this in the Pixar canon? Uh, Close to the bottom. Yeah. Close to the bottom. So above... Cars 2. Yeah, probably above Cars 2. Bugs Life? Yeah, I think Bugs Life is a little bit better than this. Have you ever seen The Good Dinosaur? Uh, I have not. No one's ever seen that one, so that's got to be terrible, right? So i got to assume that that's worse. So it's like at least least third from the bottom? Okay. All right. Question number four. How much time do you spend in Pixar films waiting for John Ratzenberger to show up? (laughs) the la- the the world's li- last living Trump supporter, like I, <laughs> I, it's so unfortunate when I hear his voice now. It just I can't deal with him. But, oh, see, I still love his voice, but they're really making us wait. I think in uh, Inside Out, he wasn't even in the movie. I think it was like in the end credits. I mean, they're, they're keeping him to the end, like the post credit scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Question number five, with Disney and others shuttling the release schedule and many films on hiatus in production, what will the rest of 2020's film schedule look like? How will award season change? And when will you want to go back to a theater? That's that's a great question. Like, I want to go back to a theater now. Like, I, <laughs> I wish... You would? Like, if, if, if a Madison film theater opened up right now and said hey tonight we're showing a screening of something you'd go see a movie if donald trump said we should all go back to movie theaters i'd be back there tonight well that's because it clearly and our listeners know this you're a huge trump supporter right (laughs) no i you just do whatever he says that's a rough one i i mean it's you want everyone else to go back to theaters but you'll wait until it's totally safe I guess, like, at what point, like, are you comfortable going back to work? At what point are you comfortable going back to the grocery store? Are you going comfortable going back to church? That's, uh, that's, that's a scary thought right now. And I really, really want to be back in a movie theater. It was devastating when the Wisconsin Film Festival was shut down. It's devastating that that all movie theaters are closed. I mean, the the Wisconsin Film Festival is something I look forward to every year. So all of this has been rough. Yeah, it's... Uh, when do I want to go back? I don't know. I guess when, when we can all reasonably assume that people are safe. Got it. But, I mean, I, I do think that... I mean, the question here also touches on award season. Might get really weirdly truncated. Might... There's always that big glut at the end of the year. I don't know if they're going to still try and shove in 
a ton of movies or if they're going to just kick some to 2021 because stuff that they had hoped to release late this year and early next year can't isn't even being filmed right now yeah Yeah, so like i don't know how this is going to work maybe it'll feel like no big change or maybe there'll be a huge you know wedge of films coming like three to a weekend for a while there and it'll be really tough to see them all yeah yeah but that's what we get paid the giant bucks for doing this podcast right so that we can go out and see the movies three a weekend it's gonna be tough but someone's gotta do it well anyway that was onward i thought it was good you thought it was fine i thought it was fine yeah i'll I'll live through it yeah i'm not gonna watch it a fourth time i'll tell you that oh see i'd recommend i mean while you're homebound here with your kids throw it on disney plus check it out on on one of your other streaming services i don't think you'll be that disappointed i think it's better than a lot of their stuff they're watching i think you'll laugh a couple times and it's it's a lark i also by the way would recommend this as a double feature i would watch this and then I'd follow it up with The Kid Who Would Be King, oh. which came out, I think, last year and really has a great 80s kids movie vibe. But I think that's one maybe for like a little bit more like your tweens and early teens. So if the whole family's going to watch a movie and then like the little kids fall asleep or go to bed after Onward, the slightly older kids could watch The Kid Who Would Be King. All right. And I think that's a really fun, adventurous, double feature kind of night. So I would put the nice. two together. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good pairing. Well, coming up next, we've got a Best Picture winner. We've got Ben-Hur starring Charlton Heston. All nearly four hours of it coming our way. And we'll have an episode for you shortly. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter, at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.